0: Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Welcome along to Sunday Morning on LBC. It's the 17th of September. only seems like yesterday I was going, ow, 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 because that's what it was like. I'll run, th- I'll have to go through the... Uh, a sort of the tedium of the week, uh, because I'd been bandaged, unbandaged, bandaged, unbandaged. I've had my clothes on and off quicker than somebody who knows Wayne Rooney. It's as fast as that. I get my bandages on and off. You sit there in your pants on the end of a table. No inhibitions whatsoever. They could have been filming me. I don't let them, let them look. I thought, let them look if they want to see. And uh, you sit there and you've got people doing this and pulling bandages off and then putting cream on and then manuka honey at one point. I felt like I was in the middle of a sex scene or something. You know, being I've never been covered in manuka honey before—a bit of a first. But uh, I'm willing to give it a go at my age. Every, everything's an opportunity, as far as I'm concerned. Loads to talk about from the uh, the papers: good, bad, and indifferent. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I have to say thank you to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who sent in uh texts and emails and uh all sorts of nice messages and things like that some very famous people some not so famous people some just listeners which is lovely actually everybody turned out to be listeners which is great and melanie and mary thank you very much indeed and uh I'm not sure I could actually loosen my bandages <laughs> they say don't forget to loosen them i mean i mean i am bandaged up on my legs um up to my uh, thigh uh, all over my stomach and both arms. So it's, uh, it's all to play for, as they say. Because all this happened the other week. If, you, if you've been away and you've missed it, at the risk of boring the knickers off you, I'm going to tell you that uh, I fell on top of a halogen oven. Um, and the reason I fell on top of it is because it was on the floor. I was doing some garlic bread because all the surfaces were used up and I fell on it. Unfortunately, I couldn't get off it Again, so the lid of the oven was baking hot, so the whole of my stomach, and it's only the producer Julian who's actually seen my stomach, lucky boy, it's uh, one of those things. We didn't, uh, I mean, the hospital t- took photographs, but I didn't take, I should have taken photographs, actually, to show you, just so you could realise just how, uh, how bad it was. But I showed it to him last week, when, in fact, we didn't, I can't remember what, what we were thinking about, actually. It was just, it, we hadn't covered it with anything, so I didn't have anything to actually put on it, just as well I didn't spray it or anything like that. I think yes. I showed Thomas the A.P. as well because he's a first aider, which means he's got a badge in the brownies. And uh, he's sort of uh, he said you should go to hospital. So I left here on Sunday, went through Regent's Park, did the walk, went and had some breakfast, pootled up to Teddington Hospital, and um, and they t- there was loads of people in the A and E. I mean it was it was, and I thought oh, I'm going to be here all day. But I thought it doesn't really matter. Better to get it seen to and dressed. I didn't I didn't think it was any any more than having it all dressed and seen to, having fallen on. And it took ten minutes to get off the halogen oven, because as far as I tried to raise myself off the ground, my elbow gave way because I'd fallen on it and uh, obviously damaged it in some way. Oddly enough, the next-door neighbour thought I was having sex. I mean, for goodness sake. Not since 1982! Ridiculous. But uh, anyway, so she didn't like to interfere in case it was all all going so well, which of course it wasn't, little did we realise. So I go to the hospital, they look at it and go, ooh, and they take photographs and they send them off to the Burns Unit at the Chelsea and Westminster Hospital on the Fulham Road. And they took one look at it and said, send him in. So in I went on Sunday lunchtime to the Chelsea and Westminster Hospital, to the specialist Burns Unit, of which you can only have a referral, you can't just turn up, you've got to have a referral from an A&E department. And um, and they took one look at it, uh, dressed it, and then kept me in overnight, which I wasn't planning on doing. So I um, I did stay the night in the hotel. The next day, they monitored me all overnight because my blood sugar readings had gone through the roof. I was doing a 19, whereas I should have been doing 7s and 8s. We got it down to about 9 in the morning, which was better. Had my breakfast, which was a cup of tea and toast, and at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, they released me home, but I had to go back in the following day to get the bandages changed again. So I've been changed about five times. It takes two people an hour, best part of an hour, to change the bandages, because it's done properly, and uh, so I'm, I'm bandaged up. So I, I look like something out of the film The Mummy, I'm afraid. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it. And uh, part of me itches, because I haven't been able to have a shower since last Saturday um because you can't get anything wet so you can't get the bandages wet you can't get uh the plaster over the top wet you can't get the skin wet you can't do anything wet at all so it's a bit of a place i'll be glad when the things come off and we finally get the air to my body and then i can sort of stand under a shower which i should imagine is going to sort of have me screaming in agony next time so i'll have to warn my next door neighbor uh karen says i'm so glad you're back hope the burns are healing there's enough of them hugh says don't do it again you know, and Steve says, uh, looking forward to all the gossip and saga of the accident. Plenty of material. Yeah, about a week, I think. I think I can probably drag this out for a week. And, uh, and so I watched daytime television. My God, if anything was enough to send you back into rehab, daytime television would be the thing. Um, and I didn't really do anything for the week. It was, it was my boss who said to me, he said, I think you should um, take the rest of the week off. I was planning on coming back. The hospital had said, we've got to be careful with infection. Being diabetic, so I'm being careful, being very careful, and uh, and just resting, and that's that's all you can do. Actually, you can't do anything else. I can't do anything else about it. We've thrown the oven out. (sighs) My arm itches. Somebody said to me that itching, an itching arm, is good if you've had a burn, and it starts itching. That means that the healing process is getting better. Uh, I'm on penicillin for one of my arms because it's uh, it's a bit swollen, not, not, not so that you'd notice, not so you'd notice and uh, I had loads of things that I should have done last week I had some interviews to record for In Conversation, that went by the wayside they very kindly accommodated me and uh, and I missed the RAJAR meeting which uh, I, was, I was more gutted about than anything else actually thinking I've only ever missed one in my entire life and uh, did he wish me well at the meeting, oh that's nice did he mention the good figures and things like that, oh the good, good I like that that's the bit I missed. He said to me, he said, would you, <laughs> he's so funny. He said, would you like to record a little video I can play out at the meeting? <laughs> I thought, yeah, I'll sit up in bed with all these bandages on and everything else. And I'll sort of go, hi, everybody, attempting to, you know, and I would look like the invisible man. We'd actually take the bandage off. There's no head. The head has vanished. And I said, I don't really think I want to do that. And then the company sent flowers. I got flowers and a balloon. And I said to him, after I said, I said, I got flowers and a balloon. He said, we never paid for a balloon. <laughs> They're so mean. <laughs> so I got the flowers and it was all, it was all very nice and it was all, it was all very lovely. But uh, I didn't feel sorry for myself. I was, just, I was just angry that I was hurting. And to get out of bed and to get up and down from the settee was a bit of a pain because you've got to kind of bounce. I'm so much better in the sitting up department. As anybody who's ever been ill, if if you've lost the use of your legs or your arm hurts, you use your elbow... Don't ask me why, but I use my elbow a lot for getting out of bed. Because I sleep on my left-hand side, sometimes my right-hand side. I can't sleep on my back. Is that normal for some people? Some people sleep very well on their back. Some people sleep face down. And we call them tramps. And so... (laughs) So I sleep on my left hand side but getting out of bed I've had to almost bounce out of bed because I've got one of those tempura mattresses which means it's rock hard you know and then when you, you, you get out of bed and it leaves the shape of your body well sometimes I've got out of bed and looked at it and thought God knows what happened overnight but my body is definitely morphosized, metamorphosized into something completely alien to me so anyway so I managed to do that I keep looking at the shower longingly going one day, one day, I should be allowed to squirt myself with water and all the rest of it. Uh, and then what else happened? I'm trying to think what else happened, actually. I don't think anything else happened of any sort of major significance this week, apart from watching a load of rubbish television. And believe you me, I watched rubbish television. God knows there's some drivel on during the daytime. Some... I watched a little bit of Jeremy Kyle. In the... I have to turn the Jeremy Carl show off because I've discovered it's a lot of toothless hags. Uh, who is sort of, they've either had sex or they haven't had sex, or, you know, their mothers nicked the money that they were saving for the cat's funeral or something like that, and then they all want lie detector tests, and I'm just saying, well, why don't you look in the mirror? You're guilty. It's as simple as that, you know. If they were on, you know, if they were up in the dock, they'd have been found guilty immediately. So I gave up watching the Jeremy Carl show. I watched, I, I can't watch Judge Rinder. I seriously, I watched Judge Judy. She's sort of the more butch version of Judge Rinder. Which actually isn't too difficult to be butcher than Judge Rinder, is it? I mean, let's face it, you know, there he sits on his bench all flouncy-flouncy and sort of being campy-campy. And it just, it just doesn't work for me. There's another American woman as well who does it. She's not as good as Judge Rinder. Watched a bit of The X Factor. That was very exciting. There was a bloke who came on and uh, he worked in Iceland. And uh, he was... He, 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 he was it's, in fact, actually, his, his mother kind of gave the game away. She said, he's very theatrical. And she said he likes Disney, and to be honest with you, he was as camp as the proverbial Christmas tree. But he sang an Elton John song. Ninety percent of it was very good. There were bits which needed tidying up. And he worked in Iceland on the till, but he, he had ambitions, and uh, it was good. But I've noticed the Factor. People fly in from all around the world now. They're not just people, not just people from this country who do it. It's people, people. Some people had flown in from Australia. People had flown in from the Philippines, people had fl- from everywhere. And I thought, it's a bit like, because they can't find anybody else in this country. We haven't got anybody else who can sing. We really haven't. I know. Excuse me. Um, and it was all a little bit, a little bit, um, a little bit naff. But they've started using, as opposed to them standing there singing a cappella, they've now obviously auto-tuned them and made them sound a lot better. But it's all these people from abroad. So when you watch Britain's Got Talent, it's mainly people from East European circuses. There's there's hardly anybody from this country, you know, unless you call queuing up to get your social part of a a talent nowadays. So all a bit disappointing. But the the bloke who sang the Elton John was okay. The girl who came in from the might have been the Philippines or somewhere else. She was very good as well. But again, it's not homegrown talent apart from him. The rest of it was sort of people from all over the place. Also, Charlton Athletic, their first, uh, the first professional football club to set up a team for transgender or intersex players or gay or bisexual or lesbian? My God, that's going to be a that's going to be a hell of a number of dressing rooms, isn't it? You know, I'm gay. I don't want to get undressed in front of transgender. I'm lesbian. I don't want to get undressed in front of intersex. Intersex people don't want to get undressed in front of bisexual people. It's just I've never heard anything like it. The whole world's gone mad, hasn't it? Have you noticed everywhere you sort of go now in the newspapers. And luckily today we're, we have avoided it. Uh, there is hardly any mention of transgender. Oh, there is. There's a big fight in Hyde Park between transgender people. God, honestly, where will it end? Prince Charles in revolt with the palace hierarchy. Oh, yes, we think this is Prince Andrew, the paper suggesting Prince Andrew. Uh, Also, Colleen Rooney, brand's party girl, a fame-seeking slapper. This is some old dog, and I use the term advisedly because this is the party girl. Her name is Laura Simpson. Poor Laura's 29, but looks about 50. I've never seen anybody look so Oh, When we saw the pictures of this poor old thing the other week, um, I was absolutely horrified that that's how ancient 29-year-olds look. And uh, it was very interesting. Uh, She then turned up on television on This Morning to try and defend her chavvy, cheap ways. And so when Colleen describes her as a slapper, that's not half as good as Alison Phillips, who described her this week as just another tramp out for fame and fortune. And that's all she is. She meets somebody in a bar, she knows he's married, she knows who he is, she gets in a car with him, he's drunk, he gets stopped, blah, blah, blah. And the next thing is, guess what? They're now considering picking her for I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. What? Fame by association, old hag with no talent whatsoever. In fact, uh, somebody says she scrubbed up quite well for the television. Well, if she was 60, yes. If she's 29, she's looking ancient. But there again, a tough life. But somebody did describe her as looking very professional. I think that kind of sums it up, ladies and gentlemen. I think that sums it up. So here she is, described by Alison Phillips as a tramp, uh, looking for fame and fortune through what? Through nothing. She didn't even sleep with him. She just sat in the same car with him and then goes on television, as if she's somebody of interest to people. I don't think so. Of interest to nobody. Apparently she used to work as a letting agent, Yes, but as I say, it's the fact she was only twenty nine when somebody said, "I said, you know, i are having a joke, aren't you? She couldn't be twenty nine. I said she's got to be fifty at least. She's so old and so around the block, and she put herself up on a, a website for uh, for sort of rich men who are looking for, obviously, somebody easy, and obviously she's it, and uh, so she ends up standing in a bar all by her little lonesome. Feels a bit tragic, really, doesn't it? So there was that one. Uh, also, da 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 da. Oh, the, the net is closing in. They say on the man behind the brutal pet attacks. You know, we've had lots of people who've been doing dreadful things to pussycats. And, um, and it's gone around the country. It's not just confined to one area. And they say the net is closing in, which is very good. Uh, Bake off Stacey and the Red. Oh, there's a new thing that they're bringing up for Loose Swimming. They're going to ask you, the great British public, who you don't like on the panel. And then based on that, they're going to get rid of them. OK, here we go. Colleen uh, Nolan, got to go. Past her sell-by, really, really past it. Uh, also, Katie Price, absolutely. They were talking about Stacey Solomon. I think she should stay. We like Stacey Solomon. She's OK. She's sort of inoffensive. But uh, Colleen is just some fat old bird who sits at the end who doesn't contribute, really, to anything at all. Uh, also, we found a columnist who was very excited at being in the same room as Lily Allen and Diane Abbott. I can only assume drink plays a part in that. Do you know, there's a bottle of drink out there now, and it's like um, it's a crush drink. It's a Tesco it's in. It's in a, a, a. There's a case full of uh, diet fizzy drinks and stuff like that. And then there's this bottle of other stuff. Looks delicious. Looks delicious. Corrie's Liz is back home, and uh, George Michael was good before he died. It's so shocking, says his backing singer and close friend Shirley. Plus Gazza back on stage, and hard-up boozers avoiding the pub to save dosh. Uh, Sam Allardyce. Is it Sam Allardyce? They're thinking about putting into I'm a Celebrity, get me out of here. Obviously no other work on the cards. And uh, who's the other one they've just fired? Football manager. Football manager lives on Sandbanks, got a famous son. Oh, Harry Redknapp. They've just fired Harry Redknapp. Not looking good in his family, is it? Son can't hang on to the marriage. She's crossed over somewhere else. We don't know where. That's that's little uh, Louise Redknapp, who apparently is uh, launching a singing career. Please don't bother, darling. It's a bit like being Sarah Harding. You know, the spirit is willing the public couldn't give a toss. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you. Do you know, I've almost forgotten how to do this job. I'd forgotten what it was. I started the programme and I, I sort of, I was awake early yesterday because I, I went to bed and, uh, and I thought, right, I'm going to get back to the, the programme. Uh, what am I going to talk about? And of course, the more you think about what you're going to talk about, the more you don't have to worry about it because you're talking about the things that have actually occurred to you. It's like, you know, it's like, telling people the story of your life so I go into hospital and um, and one of the ladies in there, we were sort of chatting away Barbara and she said I recognise your voice don't I I thought oh no which is okay, I don't mind because if you remember the last time I went in for my not the stents this time round but the stents first time round you're lying there, you've got a gown on with no, no back to it at all have you ever been in hospital Julian? you've got that to look forward to you wear a gown with no back on it and the operation I had, you can't wear your pants. Don't ask why. I have no idea why. Well, anyway, so you're lying there. Your legs are up in stirrups. Your arms out at the side. You're looking like sort of half a crucifixion. And and then somebody says to you, listen to you every day. And you go, <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> There's no answer, is there, to it? i got loads of people coming into the Burns unit going, so what time do you have to get up in the morning then, Steve? Going, well, you know, one o'clock in the morning and then go in there. And then, was it uh, Mr McAvinney? who goes down to Buckingham Palace and the police officers down there in the thing saying send our best to Steve Allen because he's not very well at the moment. I thought this is like an outpouring. My friend Eddie he says thank goodness you're back. <laughs> I know. Actually I wanted to come back during the week but they uh, my my boss said to me he said listen he said take the rest of the week off, you know, you'll you'll feel better for it. So uh, I do. But thank you. I mean seriously, thank you for all the people who um who wrote Text and emailed and phoned up and asked how I was. It was, it was great. I've got no, no, no plans on going anywhere far. As my boss said, he said, I need you back. He said, because Christmas is coming up and it's a bit busy. So there you go. Uh, Maria says, what was the cooker doing on the floor? Oh, dear. Well, it just was because I'd run out of work surface for some reason. I wasn't intending to fall onto it, believe you me. And as I kept trying to get up, because my elbow was so so hurting, I couldn't prop myself up in any way shape or form and if I did my knees then hit the, the halogen oven which was boiling hot so uh, I got hit from every which way but so I'm bandaged arms both arms uh, knees and the whole of my stomach from my waist all the way up to uh, up to my neck so quite a lot and it says open the window and hear the national collective sigh of relief as you return to the airwaves Yes, I I was getting quite a lot of that. Honestly, on the day I was in hospital, I actually very nearly uh, ran out of juice on the phone, and nobody had a charger. So I'm trying to save it just in case my uh, my boss needed to get hold of me. And then I had other people saying, "Why haven't you phoned us? Why haven't you?" I said, "Because I'm running out of juice, and if I keep running over the same story each time, I'm going to have nothing left at all." But uh, I thought we'd, we'd go through the Sunday papers. Uh, I thought we'd, uh, we'd find out exactly what was going Because I was in Sunbury yesterday, and then, lo and behold, Sunbury makes the news uh, as the police raid the house of a, of a foster mum honoured by the Queen. They're an elderly couple. They've looked after, I believe, hundreds of children, hundreds of people. And uh, whether or not this person is connected to them, I have no idea at the moment. But no doubt that will, will unravel itself. Uh, as I say, Sunbury is a very sort of ordinary place ordinary place it's very you you, you you could drive through well in fact you don't actually drive through sunbury unless you're going up to Staines or you're going to lower sunbury yeah it's it's off it's off the as you come in on the m3 you sort of come in you've got the big costco and you've gone past sunbury by that time you've missed sunbury and uh, and i go to the costco there or i go to the one down at uh, uh, down at Farnborough, and there's nothing actually in there's a big Kentucky Fried Chicken and there's a big Marks and Spencers, but that's about it. It's got tower blocks down there. Actually, very interestingly, very interestingly, and I went past it the other day and I remember looking at it. They've got a, um, an office block at Sunbury. This might be a journalistic thing to follow up. I don't know. And, and I'm looking at it and they started doing it up for flats. And, and I looked at it the other day and I thought, oh, what's going on there? Some of the cladding is peeling away from the side of the building. And they've got um, scaffolding up and everything else. And I'm looking at it thinking, what the dick is that? Because it was literally all put on there and it's, it's, it looks like an applique. And now bits of it appear to be peeling back again. So I'll have to have a look at it later on today and take some, uh, some pictures. Because it, it didn't look particularly good, did it, at all? Uh, Rolling Stone star Ronnie says he has sex every day. Well, riveting and bully for you. Don't you just hate people who brag? Oh, I sex every day, you know. And I'm thinking, I really don't care. What would I rather have? I'd rather have a bottle of ice cold water, or I quite fancied some elderflower cordial. I don't know why. I had a you know. Occasionally, you get um, you get cravings. Mine is not for halogen ovens again. Let me tell you, I don't want to fall on one of those again any time soon. But I quite fancied an elderflower and an ice cold water. And I've got, at the moment at home, I've got Ribena, which I have once every six months, literally a little slurp of Ribena. And I've got some lime juice. And every so often I fancy lime juice. If you're lying in bed at the moment, you're going to have to get out of bed in a minute and get some cold water or milk or something like that. Because I know that when I've lain in bed listening to the radio, people start talking about water and, and drinks and cool mountain streams and crystal clear ice cold and ice cold milk over cornflakes and stuff like that you feel you have to get out of bed and go and do something because it's like that but i watched i was flipping through the channels last night i'd got back and i'd had some tea and i couldn't really be bothered to cook anything. i'm not i'm not desperately desperately hungry but i had some um some haddock chowder which i love it comes as sort of like a soup thing and it was, it was absolutely delicious and so I felt quite, quite pleased with myself that I'd managed to heat that up without any mishaps. Because that's what's worrying me now. I'm frightened to have mishaps. And, um, and I, was sort of, I was sort of thinking, oh, yeah, right well, when I was going up there. I thought, oh, I'll just go and flip through the television channels. So I'm flipping through the television channels. And you know what I came across? Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner. And I sat down and um, I picked up the film probably about halfway through, actually. It's a great film. It's absolutely a great film. And as usual, you find yourself bawling your eyes out halfway through. It's weepy, weepy, make yourself look squeaky. And you sit there and you go, oh, pull yourself together, Stephen. But it's so well done and it was so, so great. So I was more than, I've I've got it on DVD. But it's funny, you you sort of watch it again, don't you? You have something coming up on the television and you think, oh, I'll, I'll go and watch that. So watch it, I did. Uh, still to come, uh, Frank Bruno set up a, um, a foundation for mental health. Uh, also, Bake Off Stacey's firm is in the red. This is a firm run by the great British Bake Off star Stacey Hart and her tycoon husband is £1.3 million in debt. <gasps> wow. And there was another couple I watched. Have you ever seen The Hotel Inspector? That's a good one. That's very good. Well, they go along to a hotel. Anyway, this, this was an old couple. He was an old fart, he was. He really was. They were, they were so much in debt in this hotel, about a million quid in debt. And she said, sell it. And so they brought along an estate agent, an acknowledged person and all the rest of it. And he wasn't keen on doing anything like this at all. You think, you're just waiting for your hotel to close, aren't you? And then you'll end up with nothing. Jimmy Carl's in the paper. We'll talk about him and why Gary Barlow got an easier ride on the avoidance. Taxes don't relight my ire. Okay, because uh, Gary Barlow gets an award from the palace. Jimmy Carr gets pilloried. Yet Gary Barlow is doing exactly the same as Jimmy Carr. You know, there's no difference at all. But, oh, it's Gary Barlow. Really? That makes it okay, does it? No, it blooming well doesn't. English wine as well. It's mark-up Pierre White. You can imagine what that story's like. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Steve Allen is back. Because you can't keep a good mouth down on a Sunday morning. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 26 minutes to six. It's uh, Sunday the 17th of September. The weather's awful, isn't it? We noticed the weather's changed. It's gone very autumnal. And it's chilly, isn't it? I've even put my slightly thicker coat on today. I nearly, nearly put a scarf on, but I thought that would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? I thought, just don't rain. Please don't rain in between here and the car. I don't want to get wet, thank you very much indeed. Nice to be company. It's Steve Allen back with you. Yes, and all next week. Actually, I missed the first week... um, of, um, did they do the competition? I don't know if they did the competition, actually. Did they do the competition? Oh, good. Because I've got one coming up this uh, this week as well, and the next week, and the next week as well. So for the next three weeks, we've got some things. And then for, for Make Some Noise as well, we've got that uh, that special special visit to a special place for children, which I'll tell you about a little bit nearer the time. Uh, Derek in Manchester says, um, did you listen to LBC or hospital radio when you were in there? I didn't, actually. I did in. They gave me a private room don't ask me why, I've got no idea. Um, and they said, oh, we, we put you in a in a side ward. And so I had a little room all by myself, uh, which was lovely, because all I wanted to do was sleep. You know, because when you've had a bit of a body trauma, you just want to sleep. So I slept. And then every two hours overnight, they kept waking me up to come in and sort of do my blood sugars and everything. And you sort of, you throw yourself out of it. I'm actually a very light sleeper. I can, I can go deep sleep very quickly and then, quickly bounce back out of it again so every so often I was sitting on the edge of the bed with stickers all over my body and little clip-ons here and clip-ons there and everything else but I wasn't in any in any pain as such so they didn't give me any painkillers it was only later when they noticed that my arm was a bit swollen that they put me on some penicillin and they said can you keep your arm up I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know what they term up. I'm assuming it's like hold it up so that blood drains down. Saying, well, I can't hold it like this for very long. It's, it's just not, it's not feasible. Well, I thought, yeah, there must be some sort. And then I thought perhaps I'll get a sling. And I thought, but well, wait a minute, that's only going to hold my hand down. And I can't rest it on anything because the bit that's burnt is the underneath bit. And so I'm, it, you have to be quite careful in the way you do it. Anyway, it's, it's doable. I'm not complaining about it. Good God in heaven. There's far worse people, you know, listening to this programme now who are in a worse condition than I'll ever be in. And so I'm not moaning about it. I'm just telling you that I thought, you know, the, the, the service that you get at NHS hospitals... I know not everybody agrees. I've said this before. You know, you always find somebody saying, oh, my mother had a terrible time in there. Well, I'm telling you, my experience was fantastic. They're uh, nothing short of brilliant. What these people do—it's exactly how you treat people. If you have a laugh with them and sort of chat away, and once your inhibitions have disappeared, like sitting on the edge of a bed in your pants, you know, with nothing on and just covered in bandages, weeping all over the place. You know, my uh, my chest was weeping badly the other day, and because it had all these blisters on, you know, when you get—if you, I don't know if you've ever done a burn—you end up with. But these were big blisters filled with stuff, so they kept bursting them. So, I mean, it, it looked... Dis- I tried not to think about it. Seriously. If, if, if you thought about it, it just made it worse. So I didn't think about it. And uh, they had a television in the room, which came in on, a, like, a, an arm over the top of me, so you could pull it towards you. It wasn't particularly big. I don't know, it might have been a 16-inch or something. I don't know. Whatever it was, it wasn't huge. But uh, you could um, you could rent the television for a day. So I picked up the telephone. I said, oh, can I, can I activate my television? Yes, you can do that. How long for...? So I said, well, about five hours. She said, minimums a day. I said, OK, fine, a day. So it cost me £7.99 for a day. You have to That's what you do. If you, so if, if I was in hospital any longer, I'd have been going bankrupt by now. But uh, wait a minute, another quick slurp of coffee, sorry. And so I rented the television for the day, and, I, and that made it a lot easier. But then what I tend to do, because I can sleep with the television on, just hearing the sound, I'm, I'm quite good at that. And I was just dozing on and off, and then they come in and go, Stephen... Yeah. Yeah. OK, you're all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you mumble your way through it, don't you? Try to sound a bit sicker than you really are. And uh, and, and they had iced water and everything. If you, you know, I said, oh, can I have some iced water? And it came in a jug. And, and I, I was really pleased. So it was really, and I had two meals in there. They come around. They give you a, a menu. So I had chili con carne twice, two separate days. And uh, and then for breakfast, I just had tea and toast. And I was quite happy with that. All very nice indeed. So uh, all back to normal. As my boss said, it's Christmas around the corner. There's a lot of work to do. There's uh, a lot of programmes to make. There's a lot of programmes for you to get involved with. And a lot of presenters. I should thank. There's no point in thanking him this morning. Because I'll have to thank Ian Payne tomorrow morning. Because that's when uh, he started covering. So he must have started covering for me on the Monday morning, mustn't he? That's right, yeah. So, yes, because Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, I was in hospital. And, of course, luckily I'd remember to take my tablets and my insulin with me because if I hadn't taken that with me, I'd have been really up a gum tree. The worst thing is that you've had the same clothes on, but you don't actually keep them on because they offer you a pair of NHS pyjamas. Wee! How exciting was that? And when I put them on, they've they, they got little press studs on them so you can keep your sort of, you know, the trousers together. And I had a little bathroom, but there was no shower in it. At the Burns unit, obviously, there's no showering going on. So I had a toilet... And I had a little wash basin. And then there was another wash basin outside. And then there was all sorts of connecting me up to the ECG machines and everything else. But it was all it was all very nice, very lovely. And uh, I could not have been happier. So that means... Oh, God. I need that. I'm needing coffee this morning. Not because I'm tired. I'm not tired in any way, shape or form. I'm just sort of trying to get myself back into it. You know what I mean? Pat says, I'm glad you're back. How are you preparing your creations without the halogen? Well, actually, doing quite well. We're doing soup at the moment. Uh, James says, I remember wearing one of those gowns when I had my heart operation a few years ago. Did you have to wash in that strange soap before you went down to theatre? No. No, they were doing heart surgery. They weren't doing anything. They had, uh, in fact, I actually spent more of my time washing my hands on a ship than I did actually in, in hospital. Every time somebody went in and out of my room, they all had, uh, there was the, the hand antibacterial wash, which we've we, we've had in this building for ages. We're way ahead of the thing here, way ahead of it, but I was very pleased Got, got me flowers, got me balloon, got me little bits and pieces, which was lovely. Uh, so, Jimmy Carr on uh, why Gary Barlow got an easy ride, because he's, uh, he's a national treasure, and he reckoned that uh, Wayne Rooney the public forgave, because people think basically he's an idiot. Yeah, people think that, actually. So, uh, it's interesting, he said, Jimmy was branded morally wrong by David Cameron, was pilloried in the press. Days later, Gary and his bandmate Howard Donald and Mark Owen were revealed to have invested £26 million in another tax avoidance operation, but the 8 out of 10 catso said it was the scandal that needed to happen and I happened to be in the face of it. Gary Barlow was the same week, but it was a different thing. He's, an, he's a national treasure. I didn't write back for good. He said, I don't think any footballer sitting there having done what I've done and most of them have. No one blames the footballer. Everybody goes, of course, their financial guy did that. What does, Rain, Ro- what does Wayne Rooney know? He probably just signed a thing. He's probably an idiot. And uh, so that was that. Yeah, Gary Barlow did exactly the same. Exactly the same. It's lots of lots of people do things like that, isn't it? And, and the reason they actually do it is because if somebody said to you, "Listen, I know what," pardon me, "a way of reducing your tax bill and uh, it's it's legal. It's not maybe the best way to do it, but it is legal." Then you do it. So he he got sort of he got sort of pilloried in the press for it. Poor soul. Uh, I tell you what, I did watch. Have you ever seen the? Uh, the Real Housewives of Cheshire. What a bunch of old trollops they turn out to be. Oh, dear me. De- it's it's nowhere like the American programmes or the Orange County programmes or any of the ones around the world. The Housewives of, Tre- of Cheshire really are mutton dressed up as mutton. Most awful people I've ever seen. Half of them can barely... See. All their, their lives are so empty. They're so empty. They spend all their time going to have their nails done or their... Or their hair done, or their makeup done, or going to buy an outfit. That's it. Totally vacuous existences. Or they might have a charity do. They're not doing these all the time. There might be one every sort of year or something like that. They are really the most awful people I've ever seen. It's terrible. Very, very dull. Very, very dull. Um, also in the papers for today, uh, fraudsters conning millions out of the train delay compensation. I tell you, because we, we, we've got trains, because when I came back, oh, I came back from the hospital the other day, I was going to use my, my cab company. And so I came out of the hospital. I've been in there for four o'clock for the bandage change. And I thought, um, I'll tell you what I'll do. I won't get a taxi home. I'll get the bus to Waterloo and then I get free train because it's after 9.30 in the morning. This was, you know, half past five, six o'clock in the evening. So I couldn't find the bus. I was looking for the two one one. I couldn't find. It's right outside the Blooming Hospital. Nobody told me. I'm wandering up the road like a lemon, looking for this thing. And um, and eventually I gave up. So I'm now wandering back down the other way. And I get to King's Road, and I thought I've got to find it. There's no taxis. I'm in the middle of rush hour. There's not a taxi with a light. And then I see one. Yeah, yeah. And of course, I'm. Ow, ow. Hello. Like that. Taxi pulls in. And so you know, I said to the guy, Waterloo Station. And um, so we're sort of chatting, you know, as you do, so, you know, busy and all the rest of it, black cab driver. And uh, five minutes into the conversation, he says to me, you Steve Allen? I know. I mean, listen, to, no, nobody, nobody's as surprised as me. And so I go, yeah, he said, oh, I used to listen to you all the time. He said, my mum listens to you and all this kind of stuff. And he said, you used to be very rude about black cab drivers. I said, that was donkeys years ago. Donkeys years ago. Heavens above, we've had Uber since then. And uh, so he said, "What do you think of Uber?" I said, "I've never taken an Uber car in my life. Never taken one in my life." But anyway, so we we get back to Waterloo Station. We've had a nice chat. He's going off to see his mum. And uh, how much was it? It was the best part of about twenty-seven quid. This uh, taxi, twenty-six quid, something like that. And but I was just so grateful to get back there. Well, Waterloo Station was heaving. It was like it was rush hour and sale time combined. It was a, there were so many people there. And I'm sort of, find, don't, please don't touch my arm, don't touch my arm, please, because it hurts and all the rest of it. Eventually, I get on the train and I'm thinking, and I've got a seat. I found one of those individual seats, which means if you want to be incontinent, it makes no difference because nobody else is going to be sitting next to you or anything like that. So I'm sitting on the seat and I'm there and I'm thinking, oh, I just can't wait to get home. And it was the Windsor and Eaton Riverside, which means it goes, I think it goes Vauxhall, Clapham Junction, Putney, Richmond, Twickenham or something. It's, anyway, something like that. We get to Putney. And the guard comes on, and we're all trying to decipher what he's saying. We've got a very thick accent, and uh, we needed subtitles really because I was—we were all struck. We all lo- kept looking at each other. And basically, the train—we couldn't use the other line, so it wasn't going to where we thought it was going. It wasn't going to Windsor and Eton. It was, but via a different route, missing out, missing out Witten, Richmond, and Twickenham. Where did we end up? Feltham. Feltham, I ask you. So he said Feltham. He said, and when when we, by this time it's dark. When when you get to Feltham, uh, you'll need to cross over um, the line and get the train back. And it will stop at I think it stopped at Witten, and then it did Twickenham. Well, Twickenham station, as you know, is being revamped, putting up flats. They're redoing the platforms, putting in escalators. It's gonna. It's two years. But it just means they've moved the bus stop outside, so I've got even further to walk now. So what time did I get home? Bearing in mind, I would had my dressings done at four o'clock. At ten past four, they started doing them. Uh, I got home at half past nine. I mean, luckily, I wasn't working the following day. But uh, I needed that rest I was exhausted when I got back. A friend of mine said, why didn't you phone? I said, I was on the train. I can't do anything if I'm stuck on the train. Phil Vickery says, hurrah, you're back. Bloody oven. Yes. <laughs> it was... <laughs> It was a very, very bloody oven, a very bloody oven. And uh, Ian, my friend, listens uh, all the way. He says, um, he says, I'm so glad you're back so I can steal material. I get that all the time, don't I? I've got a, I've got another friend. I've got quite a number of uh, another um, group of friends who are in radio and they only listen to the program to see what material I'm using so they can use it as well. I don't mind, seriously, because the chances are I have probably nicked it from somebody else as well along the way. Uh, Sam says how you doing glad you've had the week off yes and Kevin look see you back yes lovely Kevin Uh, Dan hope everything he says I hope everything's healing Uh, my friend Stephen who's on the television doing the uh, the uh, um, uh, the croupier stuff roulette not roulette what do they call it round wheel um, ball but throw turns is that roulette is that what they call it don't they have a different name for it or something has it got a has it got a potion. It's just roulette, is it? Is it roulette? I suppose you can make money out of that. Wait a minute. Yeah, roulette. that's roulette. That's a roulette wheel. That's it. He works on that. Stephen Milne works on that. I've got quite a few people, actually, who work on television doing that. Lucky souls. Uh, Henry says, hope you get better soon. Yes, I'm getting that from a lot of people, actually. And uh, Johnny Perry, Chris Jarvis, is with us at the, uh, at the moment. Um, so they're all sending uh, lots of love. Which is nice. My friend Ant says he wanted to come and visit me in hospital. I put him off that one straight away. I don't want people turning up when I'm lying there in my pants. It's not a good look, I promise you. Even I think it's not a good, not a good look at all. Uh, why don't we go out quickly Let's look at some more of these here. And uh, Wait a minute, I'm trying to find loads more. Oh, uh, We've still got North Korea going on, haven't we? I've suddenly realised, a little short ugly bloke, still screwing up everybody's life, but uh, we'll do our best. Perhaps he'll die eventually, like his father. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Oh, do you remember those 2 vacuumy things that we'd lost? They turned up. They've turned up, so that was good news. Uh, and main course, it's Kevin. They're, they're singing waiters. Have you, heard, have you ever had this before? It's, it's quite a good idea. If, you, if you're having a, a do, you employ these singing waiters, and they just look like normal waiters, and then a certain do, you hear the people, and they start singing and joining in and everything. you never had that before? bit like a barbershop quartet, except you don't know who they are, because they just look like they're waiters. And you can get all sorts of uh, people. Kevin's uh, from Main Course. He's the uh, the unattractive one. And, uh, you know, the, it's, you always get this, don't you? You always get singing waiters. There'll be three very attractive ones, and then the unattractive one. And Kevin is the unattractive one. He can't do anything about it. It's just the way life is, I'm afraid. Uh, May says, missed you, Steve. Thank you. And David Emanuel says, "I hope the wounds are healing." We keep trying to get you in, David. And each time I, I, time I get back, and I say to my producer, "Is David Emanuel coming in this week?" He says, uh, "I think we're doing it the week after." What are you doing? Goodness sake, honestly! Sunday morning, ten to six, because I, I, I need to book guests in. We've got Christmas around the corner. Oh, I must tell you, I must tell you that I'm going to try and do a food fest this uh, this Christmas. I'm going to try. We haven't had Phil Vickery coming in. I say, have a f- have a. F- oh right, why? What we burning myself oh I don't know, well I won't be cooking anything put it that way, no I, I'm not doing it as, as far as, uh, as cookery is concerned because I thought we could get Phil, Phil Vickery in and we could get Jamie Oliver in and um, people like that, some friends of mine are down at Rick Stein's place at the moment down in, is it Padstow they were going down there, They're doing a little tour around Cornwall, she phoned me the other day and said they'd been to the Eden Project and done loads of things and absolutely loved it, Raymond says uh, you must thank your stand-in Ian Payne Yes, I think that goes without saying, doesn't it, really? I'm not going to do it on a Sunday, because he didn't stand in on a Sunday. I'm not thanking somebody for a show that I was doing myself last week. (laughs) It'd be funny, wouldn't it, if I'd managed to do the both? Um, Daily Star, Melby's court battle over sex vid. God, I've missed the papers. I knew there was something I'd missed. Uh, And uh, also, who's that a picture of? Oh, I don't know, nobody. Um, Trying to find different people. Oh, Danny is all white for two years. Danny Dyer, they're saying he could be on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. All I know is there's some real naff people. They've got a ce- I watched one the other day. Have you seen the um, Five go off in a dormobile or something? And it's like a camper van. It's on Channel 5 and it's got uh, Melvin Hayes who, uh, in his day, from, from It Ain't Half Hot Mum and from the Cliff Richard films and stuff like that, Melvin Hayes was uh, a little powerhouse. Very, very camp. He's got, like, five children. He's been married twice or something, or three times. And he's on it. Leslie Joseph's on it. Cleo Rockus is on it. And um, Nick from Haircut 100, Nick Haywood, who's very good. Plus, oh, I can't remember the name of the other guy. I think he, uh, he's Don Warrington. And it's actually quite a nice five-go motorhoming. It's actually not a bad little programme. It really isn't bad at all, and so they've got these people. Uh, you might not know who Cleo Rockus is. Uh, you'll probably remember. You've got to be of a certain age to remember Don Warrington, Melvin Hayes. I have to tell you about, and uh, Nick Haywood. Sort of a, and they all just they all just get on with it, and they they've done different bits and pieces. And it was was it, it's a really a nice little program. I mean, seriously, a nice little program. Very simple premise, and they offer you a competition. You can have a motorhome. Uh, they've all said, "I love driving this motorhome." They've been up the Gorms. And um, and they've been all all sorts of places. It's lovely actually. They've been to the waterfalls of the Brecon Beacons. They've paddled on the Gower Peninsula, and um, and they've got closer and closer together, which I quite like actually. It's it's an, a nice you know. There's nobody sort of with their boobs hanging out, you know. If they are, it's unintentional because they're old. But uh, it's it's a nice little. Pro- I quite like it. It's a nice little program. It was sort of certainly a bit of a, a, a sort of a, a little calm in an ocean of madness and some of the rubbish we have on television at the moment and these third-rate old dogs that masquerade as sort of celebrities nowadays where they go, oh, sorry, what are you, dear? A celebrity. Are you? Really? Good Lord. Well, then, it takes anybody, doesn't it, really? And the answer is, it does. Check out what the X Factor star's doing now. This is Ottavio Colombo. This was the, um, I don't know what he was, actually, hoping from stardom. He was in that ghastly duo, but Ottavio, Campa Christmas tree. I mean, so camp, you never believe it. But uh, he's had to take a part-time checkout job with a supermarket chain now at Tesco Express. I love the way that what, he seriously thought, with that, the little amount of talent he had, that that was going to propel him to what? What is it with these people? Are they so stupid and so naive and so dim that they really believe, I'm, I'm going to be a celebrity? Doing what, dear? It's like, you know, the, the Wayne Rooney tramp. She says, uh, Colleen should not forgive Wayne, but I'm not to blame. This is the ancient-looking and haggard Poor old Laura, a party girl. You know, there's a reason why they call her party girl. Make up your own uh, reports on that one. And she says, I've not kissed or cuddled him. She insisted she was wearing a baggy T-shirt and they just bumped into each other. And you thought, oh, I can hang on to that. It'll make me a bit of money. And so, uh, as Alison Phillips said, just another tramp out for fame and fortune. She wasn't very good. She could barely string two words together. So perhaps she's the girl you best meet when you've had a few sherbets. And then you suddenly realise that, you know, she's got about as much to lose as you have. I've always said to people who are famous, only ever go out with anybody or any person who has got much to lose, if not more, than you have. Because otherwise they'll sell you down the river like that old bimbo. You know, it's ridiculous. She shouldn't have been invited onto television in the first place. You know, we shouldn't give these people the oxygen of publicity. Uh who's this? Charlotte Dawson. Good God, have you seen Charlotte Dawson? Oh, what an embarrassment for Paul Les. She's revealed she splashed out seven hundred quid on a disastrous, dirty weekend when her date turned out to be a penniless student. You really are the lowest of the low, aren't you? I mean, seriously. If something like that moved in next door to you, you'd be out of your property so quickly. Anyway, and um, she doesn't care about anything. She's just... She has no discernible talent. Her talent is that she's got a pair of oversized boobs and she'll happily shell out 700 quid to bed a student. So, gives you a rough idea. She said, the sex was great. I made sure to get my money's worth in the bedroom. God, honestly. Your father must be absolutely turning, I should imagine, at the moment. Also, poor old Lauren Poppy. I mean, she's about 70 now, isn't she, really? They say she's a favourite. With whom? I can't imagine. uh, Because they're still filming TOWIE. There was a rumour, wasn't there, that they were going to bring back uh, Jabba the Hutt uh, again to be in um, uh, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Gemma Collins, apparently, who opted out the first one. (laughs) So she opted out of it and uh, and then popped up on a few other useless information films that she made. And uh, as I say, it's, it's really, that's all people are doing nowadays. They're famous for being famous. They can't do anything, they don't have any talent. I tell you what, go on stage, entertain people for an hour and a half. Sorry? Entertain people. <laughs> you can't do it. They've got no idea, not a clue. It really is, it's embarrassing, isn't it? Really, really embarrassing. Never mind, it's nice to be company. You can see I'm picking it up again fairly quickly, can't you? I'm sorry. Didn't take long to get back into it. I think I'm like one of those clockwork mice. You, oh, I think my plaster slipped. Um, you um, you sort of wind me up and then you turn on the microphone and if a red light comes on in front of me, I kind of just talk. It's the way it works. Charlton Athletic is the first professional football club to set up a team for transgender or intersex, intersex players. I mean, who's going to go and watch a game like that? And what do you shout? Are you allowed to shout? We're well, not allowed to shout, are you? Uh, Prince Charles in revolt with the palace hierarchy... But uh, the Queen's advisers look likely to win. Ryanair axes 2,000 flights to boost punctuality. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Sunday, the 17th of September, or as I prefer to call it, autumn. It's definitely gone autumnal. It's definitely gone cold. It's definitely gone chilly. My last basket... I'm afraid, got uh, thrown out the other day. It was, uh, it was a, s- a sad reflection on how gorgeous everything had looked only up until about four weeks ago. And now it's all started uh, petering out a little bit, so we're going to have to start cutting back and putting in. Do you remember those little, um, I got some miniature daffodils a few years ago, and I planted them out, and they turned out to be an absolute stunning little collection of miniature, like little jonquils. And I bought about 30 of them. And so as opposed to throwing them out, which I would normally do or give them to uh, our cleaner, Mr. Vasino, I, um, I save them and they're all in a bag waiting to go back in the soil again so that we can have sort of some, uh, some nice colour. Uh, David Emmanuel. Morning, David. Busy schedule at the moment, he said. Uh, we'll make it uh, work and see you very soon. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. I hope so. before Christmas. I need to I, I, you know I think we should have loads of people in for Christmas and stuff like that. I know it seems ridiculous doesn't it but even in radio you need to start planning for uh, for the festive season and we've got to make some noise. I'm looking forward to making a lot of money with your help this year and uh, and with all the nice people who've written and all the nice people who've sent in nice comments and things like that and uh, and all my work colleagues and my boss and everybody else it's been lovely and they keep checking on me just to make sure that I'm sort of I'm still alive I think the truth of the matter is it's a case of Christmases around the corner <laughs> there's a lot of shows to get through and I always work every Christmas and the reason I work every Christmas is because it ties in quite nicely because if I'm working and I finish it. You know, seven o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock in the morning, whatever it happens to be, then I can just go straight off and have Christmas lunch because nobody eats Christmas lunch till later. And who was I talking to the other day? I was, to- oh, that's right. We, we, were, we were talking about Christmas lunches. Most people, most people, have Christmas lunch at about two o'clock on Christmas Day. I don't know whether or not the producer will be having it in his high rise, two lifts and a concierge and room for a pony. But I wonder whether or not he'll be having. Do you do Christmas lunch? Will you having some sort of nut roast or something, Julian? Or will you just be uh, sitting there sort of deciding who's going to pull the cracker and things like that? Your family have a goose. Right. Oh, is that traditional? You have that every year, goose, do you? Right. You see, I'm not, I'm not big into goose. It's quite. It used to be traditional for Christmas. I'm sure it's lovely. Do you, do you sort of. Do you buy it fresh and then sort of. Or is it a frozen goose? Fresh, fresh goose, right? It's quite fatty, isn't it? Goose, yeah. So I'm not. I'm never sort of big about goose and things like that. We we we've had sort of. What did we had one year. We had you know the normal turkey, and then we had beef as well, and uh, it it's it's. I'm afraid for me, it's the crispy roast potatoes. That's all it comes down to. I'm not really. Everything else you can't really ruin, but potatoes. I, I do do pigs in blankets. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why they're called pigs in blankets. Is it because it's a little sausage? Sausage made of pig. Oh, OK. Wrapped in a piece of bacon. So that's called a blanket, is it? Why? Why is it just not called a sausage in bacon? See, we have to go. Because I thought, wait, is it doesn't it have two names. Is it pigs in blankets and is it angels in wings or something? or something? Isn't it? Oh, I don't know. So I'm probably talking rubbish about that. Forget that one. Forget that one. Ignore that. I'm probably talking absolute rubbish. But Christmas is around the corner because we're September. Halfway through September, October. That'll be cold. November. And then and then Christmas, before you know where we are. I'll be playing Christmas carols in the car. It's not that far away. And and uh, sort of getting ready to... What, playing Christmas? I did play some Christmas carols in the last car, but now we've changed the car. I've got to go and find another. I have actually got a CD of Christmas music. But having watched last night Field of Dreams on the television and wept myself senseless through that film. There's certain films which just make you cry, and you don't know what the reason is and in Field of Dreams I think it's when Kevin Cosner and it's a field about um, a field of corn and these old uh, baseball players come back from the past long long dead baseball players famous people in their day and uh, that's why Ray Liotta's line is uh, if you build it they will come and one of the players turns around and, and um, Kevin Cosner goes oh my god his wife goes, what? And he goes, that's my father. And it's his father as a young man. And it's, it's, it's just, I don't know, I cannot describe, unless you've seen this film, and I hadn't seen it until a few years ago, because somebody recommended, knowing the sort of films I like. I like films that are, you know, either sort of fast-moving adventure or I like old British movie. In fact, actually, to be honest with you, I like most things can't do cowboy films. I'm really not remotely interested in cowboy films. It doesn't interest me. I seriously couldn't care less. All that kind of rubbish. I'm not interested. I don't care. It just, I know some people, they used to love a John Wayne f- film. Me, I couldn't care less if he was shot dead in the first two minutes. I used to pray that he'd be shot dead in the first two minutes, save us the rest of the film. But uh, But I like... Old Hollywood movies. I like a bit of the old schmaltz and stuff like that. And uh, when I saw Field of Dreams, I thought, that goes onto my list of of good films. Films which is so nice. And uh, having had the uh, the pleasure of meeting Ray Liotta, or Ray Liotta, as he was called, and he did that piece for James O'Brien. If you build it, they will come. And I said, will you do that for me for James O'Brien? He said, oh, no, definitely not. I said, oh, please. I said, he'd be really upset if I didn't ask you. And he did it. I knew he was going to do it to start with. But I thought that was really, you know, a film that you made years and years ago. And he talked to me about where they made it. And uh, it wasn't a set. It was it was a proper field. And it was, it was just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So I was delighted when it came up on the television the other day. And there's loads of other films. London Live put on a load of really, really good old films, which are, you know, good old-fashioned things, which... As far as I'm concerned, if you've lost a parent or parents, in my case, and you've got that that kind of experience, when you watch these films, it brings it all back to you because it's your life. Not that we ever had a field of corn or anything like that, I mean, I, but it's it, it, it's it's that kind of thing, isn't it? You think if, if if that was me, I'd have wanted to do that. I'd have wanted to see that. And yet you never think about it because my father retired from the forces when he was 36 and if you think about it, that's like nothing, is it, nowadays? That's uh, that's very, very young. 84850, steve at uk. Little Julie says, I've got 200 spring bulbs to plant later. Tulips, daffs and crocuses. How lovely. How lovely. Are they, these little these little daffs that I, I put in the other year, I'm sure they're like little jonquils. They're so tiny, but they just kept going. And I've got about 20 or 30 terracotta containers. And they're going in there this year. And also I've got some, um, what do I have? They're like lilies, which I bought in a pot from Costco. You just, it's a pot. All the bulbs are in it. You just water it and then they grow. So I cut down the first lot. Another lot have just popped up. I mean, how is this possible? So it just keeps on, it's the gift that keeps on giving. And so I've got to throw out some more stuff today. I've decided I can't do it all in one bit. I've got to do it in bit by bit by bit by bit. And then I eventually get round to it. So good luck with that, little Julie. Good luck. Pigs in blankets. Devils on horseback. I don't know why, says Karen in Belfort. Yeah, devils on horseback. That's what I thought. Isn't that the same thing? That's... uh... Oh, bacon-wrapped almond-stuffed dates. That's devils on... Oh, and angels are... What do you say they were? Or in uh, right other recipes, stuff the fruit with cheese, almonds, smoked oysters, or other things in place of the mango chutney. Other versions again use liver pieces either in place of the prunes or stuffed inside the prunes. A traditional favourite is orange segments wrapped in another fruit. Orange segments, mango chutney. So angels on horseback, skewered and grilled. How lovely! There's just something about Christmas lunch. There's nothing, you know. I know you can have a You know, a a sort of a a lovely uh, sort of uh, Sunday lunch every week, a roast. But I don't bother doing things like that. I've been out. My brother's going out today, I think, into the New Forest with his uh, girls and Marion. And they're going off for a a lovely lunch down there. So I hope the weather's good for them, because otherwise it'll be awful. And um, Steve, it's London Open House this weekend. Did a guided tour of the Spring Grove estate yesterday, including Spring Grove House, which is now part of the West Thames College. Saw some fine buildings. They must have driven past, says Julietta, a million times. One was the Spring Grove Lodge House, and others were once Thornbury House and Borough Road College. So I'm planning to do another guided walk in Old Isleworth this afternoon. How lovely. There's so many places around. You know, when you go around, and uh, London Open House Day, I'd go onto the internet and find out, because there's loads of places open. Most of them get pretty booked up. I've done the uh, uh, the government offices, I've done the Home Office and places like that. I've done part of the Palace of Westminster. Uh, it finishes uh, today, as far as I know. Today is the last day. And there's you should, I should, really should, I wish I told you about this the first week, actually, uh, because there's all sorts of places that you can go to. And some of them are absolutely wonderful. Some you probably go, oh, I'm not really interested in that. But there's some really super buildings, some really super buildings. And uh, they've got the King's Cross Public Realm, Kingston Ancient Marketplace, which I know very well, of course. Marble Hill Place Centre, uh, which I know very well indeed. So, there's all sorts of places. Just go and check it out. All, all over London, from Westminster, uh, all the way through. All the way through, there's a Nature Reserve. There's uh, Hampton Court Palace Gardens, which are just, you know, go and see something that is still there. Go and see Hampton. Court. Even if you just get on the bus and get to Hampton Court and stand at the gate. And you don't you have to pay to go around the house, but you can go around the gardens for free. You know, I think, yes, I think you can go around the gardens for free or bits of the gardens for free. And that's that's well worth it. Well, well worth it. So always do something in London, uh, especially as we, we sort of become a little bit older and we start thinking, what should we do today? And uh, I like quite, you know, to do things like that by armchair viewing. But if you can actually get out there, that's a, that's a very, very good idea. Uh, what have we got now? The hard-up boozers avoiding the pub to save Dosh. A lot of people are uh, going out now, aren't they? And they're going, I think we'll actually drink at home. Seems to be quite a normal thing. People just don't do... Pubs. I don't know if they've got in Poland or Romania or Lithuania. Do they have bars in the same way that we have pubs? Because our pubs are huge. And I don't think they have things like... Well, I think they have... Excuse me. I think they have bars. I know that in in Austria they have the Heurigers, which is all the little villages uh, outside of Vienna. And they grow their own grapes, they make their own wine, and they open their own little bars. So you can sit in somebody's private bar in their house and just drink their own wine, the little hoi-riggers. Whether or not they have the sort of bars, the like of which we have pubs, I don't know. I think they're they're, they're very much something that's part of the the culture. And as you drive around London now, you can see what, uh, you know, there's some which are coffee bars. And you go, I bet that was a, I bet that that used to be a pub or that used to be a bank. Mainly that used to be a bank, I think. Uh, Plus the royals must do more for sick troops. Shane Ward in a lot of the papers today on his steamy sex scenes in Corrie. I don't mean the ones on the internet that he did. You remember Shane Ward, Dirty Little Boy? He sort of fits into the same category as so many of the other soap people who decide to display themselves on the internet. Uh, Colleen Rooney has, um, has sort of taken up happiness now. She's gone out and she's, she's OK, which is, you know, as good as it gets. I suppose she has to pretend to everybody watching that she's, uh, she's sort of forgiven him. But I don't think there was ever any not forgiving him. I think she was always going to stay. She's not going to leave him. They're having a house built, for goodness sake. Why would, why would she leave him? Why would she leave him? She's always loved him. She's put up with this for donkey's years. So, only when he gets caught out, it becomes a little bit of a problem. Uh, Paddy McGuinness on likeies and dislikes. And uh, he'd rather be here than in Hollywood, which is interesting, isn't it? Uh, the last Victorian dies at the age of 117. And the display team who've hung, who've hung up their white helmets... Hey, cool. Uh, <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, so they're they they they're not doing motorcycle displaying anymore. I always wanted to do the motorcycle displaying. I always quite fancied the idea of being on a motorcycle and then you sort of da, da 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 and you put your arms out to the side and then somebody's balancing on your shot. What are you talking about me? They're talking about me next door, I can tell. You can always tell when you're talking about me. You're talking about me, aren't you? You're worried sick. You didn't write, you didn't... Oh, well, sorry, you're not worried now. <laughs> thanks <laughs> you were only worried when it when it turned out that they had actually found a copy of the recent will and you weren't in it at the time you're worried <laughs> wait a minute let have a quick j here mike mike now he's obviously missed me out for some reason but p- perhaps there's another will i can see you're doing that what are you in for you're doing something interesting today you've got that uh oh you're doing andrew Oh, right. Fantastic. What was I going to say to you? Something about magic. There was something that came up the other day and I can't remember what it was. There was something. Oh, what was it? I remember hearing it and thinking, that's not. Oh, that's right. He was talking. I think it's running on a trail where he talks about transgender and he says, but in the Christian church, you've got priests wearing skirts. They're not wearing skirts at all, dear. They're wearing cassocks and surplices. They're not skirts. A skirt is completely different from a cassock and surplus. I know. I was that choir boy for two and sixpence a week. They're not wearing skirts at all. A skirt is something different. It's got a zip up the side and it's in floral prints. And they sell it on QVC. I'll take a break when I'm ready, pal. You're not telling me. You don't work on this programme. Out. Be on your way. Short break. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, nice to be company. Welcome along to uh, Steve Allen on Sunday, the 17th of September. I'm trying to think, is the 17th of September significant in any way, shape or form? Is it a special day somewhere? I've just got this feeling that the 17th of September means It'll probably mean something to somebody, probably in Kazakhstan or somewhere bizarre. I'm trying to think. I mean, I know that in the... Um, let's have a think. Wait a minute. Um, yeah. Oh, the, um, the United States Constitution was signed in Philadelphia. But that was about 1760-something or something like that. Um, I can't think of anything else, actually. There were loads of battles, but there again, when was there never a year when there was not a battle? Um, I can't think of anything. Oh, Lord of the Flies is first published. 1954, there's a significant year. Uh, Plus the first space shuttle Enterprise unveiled by NASA in 1976. Vanessa Williams... 1983. What? Why was? Come on, you should know this. Why is Vanessa Williams very significant in 1983? Because she became the first Black Miss America. I remember it very, very well. 1991. Estonia, North Korea, South Korea, Latvia, Lithuania, the Marshall Islands, and uh, somewhere else uh, joined the United Nations. Yes. North Korea has gone backwards ever since, hasn't it? Really, for them. Uh, also. Uh, two bombs in 2016 exploded in Seaside Park, New Jersey, and Manhattan, New York. Thirty-one people injured in the Manhattan bombing. And, bombing. Um, and that was, I mean, there was loads of sort of things that took place. Loads of loads of people's birthdays. Loads of people's birthdays. You know, we had everybody uh, from Bill Black, the American bass player, all the way through to uh, to um, I don't know Ken Casey, actually the American uh, um, Norris. Peter Lever, the English cricketer. All sorts of people. And if you celebrate your birthday, many happy returns of the day. Jonathan Shallot wrote to me, as always, being a very nice person. And uh, always very uh, very complimentary, and very nice. And just wishing me better, actually, which is very good. So I always quite like, that, like uh, that idea. Somebody was saying to me, how long does it take to change your bandages? Um, <laughs> an hour for two people. <laughs> you can't do it any quicker because you've got to sort of cut them off um, and then... I was going to say swab down the decks, Uh, not swab down the decks, but sort of clean, clean up the arms and the stomach and everything else. Uh, Andy says it's only, wait for it, it's 99 days until Christmas Day. Actually, I think I will be here Christmas Day. In fact, I'm I'm pretty unless unless they've got some other brilliant idea. But I think I will be here Christmas Day. I'll either be doing the early breakfast or I'll be doing breakfast on Christmas Day. It's uh, it becomes part of tradition. And uh, it's our way of uh, being into the festive season. Although, you know me, I'll be well into the festive season. (laughs) I went into a place the other day and they had Christmas decorations for sale. I have to be brutally honest with you. It was one of the most exciting things that I'd ever seen in ages and ages. Uh, The Sunday people this morning, uh, they've got uh, from Hero to zero. It's a story running in a few of the papers today. This is a man who won the military cross. The army used him as a poster boy. He met President Bush but the day after I was diagnosed with PTSD, they abandoned him. And that's it. And the Sunday people have said it's now time for the royals to lean on the top brass. And specifically we'll be calling on Harry and William. It's, it's up to them. There's no point in asking anybody else. Harry's the only one who seems to have any sway nowadays. Councils charging up to £10 to take away DIY waste. Yeah, so when to come around our way, we've got tonnes of it just dumped in a field. Wonder where that came from. Uh, plus, busking gave me the backbone. It's another one for the, um, for the X Factor, another hopeful. Uh, unfortunately, no chance. I'm sorry, anybody who's got a butterfly tattooed on their neck, are you seriously thinking that the great British public are going to turn you into some celebrity? It's not going to happen. I'll put odds on you won't get any further than this. We might just about manage to make the tour, and that'll be it. Once that's been done, over and done with, finished. Okay, these people don't think about it, do they? they they're sort of they've got their heads so far stuck into the clouds that they've missed everything. They've not, you know, followed on at all. Uh, lung fight. Liz Dawn is back home. Uh, Liz has been discharged from hospital where she underwent life-saving treatment. She's seventy-seven. She played Liz for thirty-four years. And uh, she was left fearing the worst, as indeed did the uh, the papers. They were practically writing her off the other day. I remember reading uh, headlines basically saying, "You know, this is uh, this is about it. It's not going to go any further." And blow me down. She defies the odds, and back she uh, back she bounces. Uh, Lags caught on mobile thrones. Inmates share illegal phones by flushing them down the toilet. Do you know? I think if you're in prison now, it's got to be one of the cushiest places to be. You can get your drugs in there. You get your cornflakes. You get your milk. You get uh, You get uh, cigarettes, you get your phones, you get just about anything you want. Also, the gay dads in the McCain ad, Abused by Trolls. This is a same-sex couple who appear in the new McCain Chips ad with their baby. I don't even know who they are, actually. Lee and Matt Samuels-Camosi. Never heard of them. Never heard of them. Why should I have done? Why should you have done as well? They've been compared to paedophiles labelled sick and accused of denying their son Carter a mother. Left the Manchester couple devastated. People are always saying that, aren't they? They always go, I'm devastated. I mean, surely, why don't you just go, Pfft, to the people who write this stuff? Why worry about it? You don't have to be devastated. There was a thing the other day in the paper. Frankie Essex, you know, an attention seeker. And somebody called her fat while she was on holiday, about the umpteenth holiday. And uh, because she's put on weight... After she flogged you a DVD saying... I've always told you, do not waste your time and money on DVDs from third-rate D-list celebrities. If you want a diet, you go to the doctor. They'll give it to you for free. You don't need to buy into any old rubbish. Because these people are yo-yo dieters. You know, I've done a juice diet, piled it all back on again. I've done, you know, the F-plan diet, piled it all back on again. I've lived on baked beans, piled it all back on again. So she piled it back on again. Somebody called her fat. She immediately goes into a depressive state and then says... Um, I shall never wear a bikini ever again. It's almost like they're kind of setting themselves up for the interviews, isn't it? So in a few months' time, you know, I decided to fight back against these people. It's almost like that's all their lives are. Why don't you just get on with your life? Do something meaningful. Stop faffing around. You know, I'm sick to death of reading about people who just can't get through the day without sort of take. I need to go on these drugs, I need to go on that drugs... You know, and you you think, I tell you what, you need to go round the world and see what suffering really is like. If every time somebody said something to you, like, oi, heifer, you know, you go into a meltdown. My God, you're in for a rough ride for your life. You just need to turn around and go, yeah, but you're ugly. But in the morning, I can lose weight. You know, it's as simple as that, but they're not bright enough to actually say anything like that. So it's constantly people trying to sort of battle their demons and battle trolls You know, so a same-sex couple featuring a McCain... I've got no idea why, but they just do. I couldn't care less. I don't know anything about them. Makes no difference to me. And they're a same-sex couple who feature on an advert for McCain chips or something. Who cares? Who cares? And then they get the trolls and you go, well, just delete them. It takes about one second. If ever I get anything that looks vaguely offensive which is about once every sort of six months. I just delete them. They can go whistle. They can go talk to Stormcloud somewhere. I don't care. It doesn't make any difference at all. I'm not remotely, remotely interested. Uh, Kim says, uh, so good to you this morning. Welcome back. Thank you. I quite like being back, actually. I don't know if you've sat on the settee and moaned and complained about, uh, about everything. I might as well come on here and do exactly the same thing. Uh, also, 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 let's have a quick check uh, here um bum, 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 bum. apparently crime is up police reform is an unmitigated disaster so somebody writing on um on social media and uh, as i say i think the police have got you know have got a really tremendous job to do at the moment and very very difficult very difficult uh marion and andy says glad to hear you're back on form yeah so i just bumped into somebody actually who said God, I don't realise it looks so bad. In I've just bumped into two people. But as I say, the only person in this building, two people who've ever seen it, are the producer Julian, who <laughs> still wakes up screaming now, having nightmares, and uh, and Thomas, who's a first aider, who's an AP. Somebody said I was rude to him. No, I wasn't. He's an AP on the programme. Well, not really on my programme. He's on the previous programme. He's on with Matt. And uh, he had a look at it and said, go to hospital, which is exactly what we did. Sharon says, I hope you're all right. I'm hugging the radio. Oh. Try not to break it. Okay, Much easier. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 25 minutes to 7 at Steve Allen's early breakfast, Sunday the 17th of September. I keep thinking that it is a bit like the lead-up to Christmas. And I know you're thinking, please don't talk about Christmas just yet. But we are getting ever closer to it. And we have to plan in in this business the same as anybody else. You know, perhaps, perhaps it's not exactly the same. When I worked in a department store years and years ago, I loved Christmas because they would spend in all these uh, different companies and they would decorate the place for Christmas. And it just, it just gave it an air. People, people feel nicer. People are more kindly disposed at Christmas. And uh, and it's it's just lovely. And so I've I've got the car and I ran out of socks the other day. Well, I say ran out of socks. I ran out of the normal socks. I had some other socks, but they were too thick. So, yeah, they were like emergency socks, which I was... And, and I didn't want to wear them. Yes. Sock, so I went out and I bought uh, 60 pairs of socks. And, and the producer said... Um, he's a, you could see him thinking, poor soul. And he said, well, you know, at least you can afford it. And I said... Yeah, um, I said, I don't, uh, I don't smoke because they kept asking me in the hospital, do you smoke? And I said, no, I don't. smoke." I mean, I haven't smoked for probably about 12, 15 years, which, as far as I'm concerned, means you don't smoke. I think you'd hear it if, if, if I sm- I think you can hear it in somebody's voice. You can, you know, you, you, you can spot if, if somebody smokes. And so I, I don't smoke. I don't I don't miss it. Uh, and also, I've not had any Prosecco. Hold yourselves back since last Saturday. So we're just so we're a week and a bit into not. I've got a fridge full of ice cold Prosecco and I thought I'd save it for Christmas. (laughs) Seems a bit of a pointless exercise, doesn't it, really? Because it's 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 got this huge amount of sugar in it. And I'm now aware having, you know, them keeping me in hospital overnight for the first uh, night after the burns. Um, and because there were so many of them, we had to get the blood sugars down, and I was was way too high, 19 I was running at. And so we tried again, and we got it down, eventually 13, 11 and a half, then we got down to 9, then we went back up to 11, and we decided 11 was okay for me. So I'm determined now to try and keep it level. And the reason you end up with high blood sugar levels is because I'm taking in a huge amount of sugar with With Proseca well, in fact, with anything like that at all, although while I was in hospital, they give you a choice of food, and I had two things which I wouldn't normally have a bit of a treat for me, one of them was a jelly, and the other was uh, a fruit compote, which i you know what a fruit compote is that's why it's just you know sort of it's probably not for diabetics no you're right actually oh, god it's such a such an old monarism't it? It sound like it's for diabetics, you know, and a jelly is not actually, but I mean, I quite liked it. I've had a jelly for ages and ages, and it was, it was quite good for me. Uh, Sam Allardyce is being lined up for I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. What for? Can somebody explain to me why he'd be of any interest to anybody? In the same way that uh, Wayne Rooney's bit that uh, picked him up, or he picked her up, or somebody picked somebody up, in a, in a bar, I mean, talentless would be a best description. What would be the point of putting her in? What's she going to talk about? We stood in a bar, had a drink, then he drove my car. End of story. That's it, is it? Oh, dear, Auntie, we're very cheap and easy, aren't we, in this day and age? We go, Oh, so you're a celebrity. What? Yeah, you're a celebrity now, dear. Not really. You're a very old 29. Very, very... Oh, by the way, Cheryl has uh, has changed her name again. Remember Cheryl? She's gone back to Tweedy now. You know, she's tried everything else. She might as well go back to Tweedy. And, uh, and so that that's quite nice, isn't it, really? And also, um, I see Corky and Shirley took in US dancer Derek Hoff... Who dated Cheryl? I mean, who? I know I've heard of him. We've all heard of him, haven't we? Uh, also, Emily Ratajowski has blasted a style magazine for shrinking her lips and boobs for its cover. But everybody gets touched up on every cover. This is a, a magazine called Madame, and so she's got a doctored picture. What are you complaining about, darling? Who are you? You're a very, very average actress, and you're a page three type girl. OK, what do you mean you're complaining about being touched up or something? It's so they make you look better. They're not interested in you. You're just a clothes horse. You know, we put you on the front cover and this is what we're going to do to you. To be honest with you, unless you're absolutely in the business, you would have no idea these pictures were touched up. I mean, I'm looking at it. And so the real her and then the, uh, and then the other her, she's just average. Just average, that's it. And so she's complained about it. Fury! Not just complaining, Fury! People get really sort of upset. I'm furious. I shall, I shall never probably work again. I shall probably never speak to people ever again. Uh, also, oh look, here's Daisy Lowe. Oh, famous, not famous. Oh, famous again. Not really famous at all, actually. Getting out of a car uh, with her pooch. It's another dog that doesn't walk. It's called. Let's stick it under my arm and let's uh, completely, you know, take away the use of its legs. These people should be prosecuted. You know, why? Why is there a picture of this of this woman? And um, and she's holding a do- I hate people who hold dogs under their arms. I think they're the worst kind. These are animal haters, as far as I'm concerned. Put it on the floor. It walks. It's got legs. These people really, really annoy me. Seriously, it's just awful. Uh, Tony Parsons talking about time for same-sex dancing. Oh, God, honestly. What is the BBC coming to? I mean, Blue Peter. Perhaps it shouldn't be blue. Perhaps it should be pink with green spots, Peter. Or something like that. I mean, you know, can we have some more openly gay children's presenters, please? We know that there are a number of gay children's presenters, just that they don't bother coming out. There's only been a couple over the years, well, probably about six or seven, that I can sort of think of. But the idea of same-sex dancing, much as I adore Tony Parsons, uh, you know, I'm just not remotely interested. It's called acting. It's like otherwise all the gay actors and actresses in the world should only be playing with... When I say playing, I mean, you know, being... Across, no oh, well that's even worse doesn't it you know playing opposite somebody who is also the same sex. why why because they, they've they've got somebody uh called susan kalman a little short fat dumpy thing who's nobody's ever heard of and they put her in there and she's same sex she's got a she's got a wife okay it doesn't make any difference seriously it's not going to change the world is it you know and to have same sex dancing i mean why not Why not? Straight people obviously dance with gay people. Why shouldn't gay people dance with straight people? Trans people dancing with straight people. Trans people dancing with gay people. Lesbians dancing with straight men. It doesn't matter. Nobody cares. We really don't care. We're going to go so far down the line... You know, and then eventually we're going to have to start turning around and coming back the other way again because nobody cares about the blooming thing. They really don't. It's just ridiculous. Uh, I see that other X Factor flings include One Direction's Zayn Malik. Wasn't it somebody from One Direction who said the worst gig they ever did was the first one after they... Don't you know you're beautiful? And they had no idea. They'd done various appearances as One Direction. They did their first concert in Watford. Poor Watford. And uh, they said it was the worst gig they've ever played. That's what Niall Horan said that. But uh, Stevie Ritchie... Uh, said he'd got to sixth base with Chloe Jasmine. They've since had an on-off relationship and they've disappeared completely. Nobody cares about them, do they? I don't think so. Yes, Niall says the band played the first show at Watford Coliseum and, uh, and that was it. He said it was a complete disaster. Well, of course it would be because you've got to get into show discipline. You can't just walk out on... That's what makes me laugh. These people who go on to X Factor or anything like that. Britain's Got Talent or, you know... The European Union's got talent, to be a lot, a lot better description of it. And they get up on stage and they think you just go up there and go, yeah, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. And they go, oh, you're a celebrity. And we go, oh, that's it, let's put them on the thing. That's why I had to, I had to laugh the other day when they even thought that the uh, the girl who sat in a car with Wayne Rooney was some sort of minor third-rate Z-list, off-the-scale celebrity. So much so you could put her in, I'm a celebrity, get me out of it. What's she going to talk about? Houses you've rented, dear. Is that about as good as it's going to get? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Get a proper job. Try and grow up a little bit. Also, uh, One Directions. Harry Styles appears determined to erase his past. Yeah, well, there again. Has he made any more films or we're still going on on Dunkirk? Probably still going on Dunkirk at the moment while he decides uh, what he goes on to from here. Uh, also, also... I think Emily Sandé, is it? Yes, has put herself in the running to sing the next Bond soundtrack. Well, that beats all the people going, oh, I'd, I'd like to be on Strictly Come Dancing. And you go, really? You know, how exciting. That's it. They always do that. You obviously think, well, why don't you just contact your agent? Ask your agency if they can get you a job on Strictly Come Dancing. You know, and if, if you can't get it on there, it's because you're boring. You're going to be so bored with Molly King. I promise you, she's, she's as dull as Ditchwater before she went in there. I mean, she wasn't exactly doing anything. She was just sort of twiddling her, her, her thumbs going, is there any work for me? They went, not really, dear. No, not really. Uh, also, Colleen Rooney, branded party girl. Nothing party girl about Laura Simpson. She's just a, a naff little nobody. A fame-seeking slapper. She's now convinced Laura targeted husband Wayne to launch a reality show career. I don't know why. She's got no talent for doing anything. She's not even very successful at snaring a rich man, is she? Because she didn't even get to kiss him. Mind you, I have to be honest, given the choice. You know, what would you rather do? Kiss dirt or Wayne Rooney? Dirt wins, hands down, every time. Anybody seen any of the new tenors? I've not seen one yet. Have you seen... No. No. I was hoping to see one, actually, just to see what it looked like. I love the fivers. Really? Find one for me for... When are you going to find one for me for tomorrow? How are you going to manage that? You've got to sleep today, haven't you? Well, how... Well, you mustn't wander around the shops. I don't like you doing that. You must go straight home to sleep. You need your sleep. You know, that's how it works in this business. You know, the, the more, the more, you know, awake you are, the, the better we can. You know, who is that woman there? Political commentator Nina Schick, A&E doctor. Where do they get these people from for Sky News' newspaper review? Is there an agency or something for people you've never heard of? You know, I'm sorry, an A&E doctor is not qualified to talk about the papers. I really think it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, also, 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 jail lag over. Where's mum in the visitor's loo having sex with dad? You can get everything in prison now, can't you? It's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. <gasps> Is that that water? Is that that that's, uh, Coca-Cola water, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's Coca-Cola water. Oh, have you filled it up from the tap? No, show me the other one. Show me the other one. Is that... Didn't, no, that wasn't the bottle you were holding a minute ago, was it? Oh, OK, right. Sorry, I thought you were holding the other one, the pure... What, sorry? Yeah, that's that's nice water, smart water. That's it. You don't have you not tried that? That's brilliant. I quite like. I like all sorts of water. Actually, I drink. I love the cold water in the taps here. Big fan of water. Very good for you. And seeing as I don't drink prosecco at the moment, my boss is ever so excited. He can't believe this. I think this is about the longest I've been. I'm going to go for a whole month without um, without alcohol. Not well, gonna make me a very boring person, people say. I don't think so. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, nice to be company. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. 17th of uh, September. So Charlton. Charlton, Charlton, Charlton Athletic. They've become the first professional football club to set up a team for transgender and intersex players. The League One side will recruit from lesbians, gays, and plus sexuals, which means anyone else. Well, all playing together. How's that going to work? <laughs> Premier League clubs are expected to follow suit. Good Lord. It aims to provide structured playing opportunities for the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer and intersex community. I think it gets more letters in this thing by the day. Well, how are they going to do that with the... Uh, it's also for also people who are not quite sure. Well, we don't just don't want people wandering in to use the bathing facilities, do we? How are people all going to play together? Uh, player manager... Gary Ginor says there are no uh, places for prejudice in the game. Charlton was at the forefront of the fight. And, you know, it's just, listen, you're not going to find any professional footballers coming out as gay. You can count them on one hand, mainly because they're just not going to do it. They wait till they retire and then they go, oh, by the way, in fact, you probably find more gay rugby players than you would gay football players because they just don't come out now so it's very sweet and very nice but to be honest with you it's, it's kind of a little bit you know who cares well they're gonna have sort of special games you have to be sort of a supporter of the lesbian oh, it's so complicated now isn't it for the lesbian gay bisexual transgender queer and intersex community I mean, i'm sure we've missed somebody out haven't we there must be some other people out there who feel feel alienated by the whole thing but they might not want to play football If I was transgender, I'd be going, I don't want to play football, I want to make dresses. I want to work in a dress shop. I don't want to sort of start kicking footballs around or doing stuff like that. That's just very naff and very boring. But, you know, to each his own, as they say. To each his own. I'm sure it'll be absolutely wonderful. I had What did I have the other day? Now that the weather has turned and we've gone autumnal, it's soup. Soup time. I'm a big fan of soup. So today, soup. Thank you very much indeed. Um, Mail. On Sunday, Inside Mail on Sunday, here we go, find something of interest today. It It is also talking about the first-hand account by the Mail on Sunday man who was on the Bucket Bomb train. As you know, somebody has been arrested down in Dover and, um, and then there's been a house, I think, which has been searched down at Sunbury. Uh, also, Damien Aspinall's wife first encounters his other family, the gorillas that he bred in the African jungle. Apparently, you know, if if a if a gorilla charges at you, and I don't know if you ever saw the film Gorillas in the Mist, but if ever a gorilla charges at you, you've got to stand still. It's like if ever I mean, like yes, it's like a rhinoceros. If a rhinoceros starts charging at you, stand still, it will stop. Yeah, right. Who's going to stand there and wait and find out? If a lion attacks you, don't run. Yeah, right. That's what they say. If a bear starts chasing you, for God's sake, don't climb a tree. They climb trees like they were born to climbing trees. And then that poor bloke the other day who's washing his hands and a crocodile grabs him. Because they see the reflection, don't they? They see somebody by the side of a piece of water. And this is uh, classed as relatively safe water where this uh, undergraduate was. He was only 24. I think he worked for a newspaper. And this crocodile grabbed him and You don't stand a cat in hell's chance. These things, once their their jaws lock, that's it. It drags you in and then drags you under. And uh, they have retrieved his his body. Not that I think that's uh, anything to sort of be proud of. Just dreadful, 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 dreadful. Uh, Cheryl is now up to her fifth name. She really is Chav from the dark side, isn't she, really? She's reverted to her name Tweedy, registering the name to change the accounts of her firm, Chirco Publishing. Hilarious, hilarious. Uh, she changed her name to Cole after marrying Ashley. Then she was Fernandez Vecini when she walked down the aisle with Jean Bernard. And uh, then she was simply known as Cheryl, but now Tweedy again. That's sweet, isn't it, really? Very soon, just Shh, That'll be it. It'll be it. And here is Shh, Because there's no chance of getting back in the charts again, is there? Not as much chance, I suppose, of Sarah Harding ever making it uh, back again. I just, I just don't think it's very likely. I just don't think it's likely. You know, we, we've seen her on the television and um, I, just, I just don't think there's anything going on there. I do not think she was much uh, much good at all. Uh, also, Margaret the man-eater. Princess Margaret. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Princess Margaret, the good-time girl. Oh, boy, was she the good-time girl. Never going to be queen, but um, Diana adored her and then the bond turned a bit toxic. But there again, you know, Princess Margaret was like that. She was always sort of a bit more royal than she thought was royal. And, um... She had, uh, it was sort of, you know, on her island hideaway, which I think was Mustique. I think it was a case of uh, a cross between Balmoral and an Ibiza hen party. And uh, she, she saw all her toy boys, Roddy Llewellyn, of course. In fact, there are pictures, naked Roddy Llewellyn and somebody else standing next to Princess Margaret. They're both naked, she's not, on Mustique. She had a, an island hideaway there. And uh, she was just, you know, she liked John Bindon. I think it was John Bindon, and, uh, and there's, there's a reason why she liked John Bindon. It was a bit like, bit like Bungalow Bill Wiggins, who Joan Collins dated at one point. He was called Bungalow Bill Wiggins because there was nothing upstairs, it was all downstairs. John Bindon was known for the same reason and was a firm favourite with, uh, with Princess Margaret. Make of that what you will, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Uh, Also, Charles trying to usurp the Queen. No, 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 said Yeager. Oh, God, no, it wouldn't be like that at all. Well, it is. It is. Apparently, there's a bit of a royal shambles going on here. Uh, Charles not happy. Andrew sticking his six penneth in because he wants his daughters to be something important in the royal family. Whereas I think the British public have had quite enough of Prince Andrew and quite enough of his daughters. Thank you very much indeed. Quite enough of uh, Sarah Ferguson. And uh, quite enough of that side of the family. Uh, Warren's off to Delhi. Thirty-nine degrees. Thirty-nine degrees. He says, "I'll have a curry. I'll be home again." <laughs> was it the kettle? No, it was the halogen oven. You'll have to podcast the beginning of the pro. I'll probably do it again tomorrow morning. Actually, for those people who don't catch us over the uh, over the weekend on the program. Uh, front page of the Sun on Sunday. They've got Strictly Shirl cheated with ten men. This is uh, Strictly Judge Shirley Ballas's ex-husband has accused her of cheating. They can't wait to sell stories, can they now? They can't wait to sell stories on the uh, on these uh, celebrities. And uh, that's it. Tube bomb Bomber may have been a refugee, uh, it says the Daily Star, the Daily Mirror. They've got uh, Slimming and all the rest of it. Ridiculous Molly King. I love a cheeky spray tan. It's just, you know, a little bit dreary, actually, Molly. We've seen it all before, love. And uh, and Louise, somebody. I may be small, but I'm strong. No idea who she is. Could be anybody. I don't know. Molly King just, you know, a lot, lot of action and loads of, uh, loads of chat, but very little else. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Thank you so much for all the texts and emails. Uh, tomorrow morning, back with me, four o'clock. I do hope so. Go to the LBC website and download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet. Never miss a moment with the LBC catch-up. Leading Britain's conversation at ten, it's Nigel Farage. But right now, with breakfast on LBC, it's Andrew Castle.